0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Like Next on Life Today, comedian grandma. Michael grandma. Jr. explains how he delivers laughter as medicine. I ran up to the altar like during the announcements
1: at church. I was like, yeah, I know I know you got a picnic, but listen, is Jesus here right now? Because I'm ready to do this. So now I understand, I used to just think I was funny, but now I get it, like I'm funny for a reason. Yes, like sir. Like there's purpose behind this funny, which is amazing. Then I read in the Bible, the you know guy used a donkey so i'm like okay <laughs> <laughs>
2: Welcome to Life Today. You're going to have a smile on your face. You're going to have joy in your heart, and we need that. Laughter is good medicine. I'm James and My wife Betty and I are thrilled to have you on Life Today with us, and we have got Michael Jr. here. And this guy is gifted. Now, I mean, he, he is gifted to make us smile, but he is also on a mission. And I want you to enjoy him. He has got a, a CD, a DVD, Laughing on Purpose, that is great. It's actually done at our church gateway. And I mean, he is phenomenal. And so many people came to know Christ, to know God as Father as a result of what he shared. But here is Michael Jr. Would you give him a good life today? Welcome, Michael.
1: All right, thank you so much. It's Awesome, I appreciate it, I'm glad I'm here. Thanks for James, for putting the afro on the microphone for me, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little afro. So, I'm gonna tell you about me and my church experience, since this is a, a Christian organization, far as I know. I was hanging out with James in the back, so. Um, <laughs> that was comedy, I was just playing. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to, my grandma used to force me to go to church and that stuff was miserable. Um, because I would go to church, and first of all, it would last eight hours. And then and then it was, and my shoes didn't fit, and it was this little, like it was just miserable the whole time. And nobody was teaching, nobody was explaining what was going on. So I would go to church, and this dude was up on stage, and apparently, he was mad at everybody. Because he had some phlegm caught in his throat. And at the end of every sentence, he would try to get it out. He'd be like, the Lord said, ha! <laughs> Act like you I was like, grandma, he need to gargle, grandma. <laughs> Stuff was miserable. And then one time we go to church, it's a dead body in the front. Nobody explained to a seven-year-old Michael Jr., it's a funeral, it's not church. I'm thinking, yo, that's how they roll. <laughs> like every three weeks or so, they bring a dead body in as an illustration or something. Dude on stage would yell at us like we did it remember I asked my grandma, I was like, Grandma, what happened to the man in the box? What happened to the man in the box? Her whole explanation was, he in a better place. <laughs> I'm like, what kind of box did he live in before? <laughs> so I love doing comedy all over. Uh, the Bible says laughter is good like a medicine. That's Proverbs 17, 22. So God said to me, go take it to the sick. So we go to prisons and we do comedy and homeless shelters and abuse children. But I'm at this one prison and I walk in and I'm scared for real. I gotta be real with you, I'm scared. Uh, I walk in and the prison warden stops me and he says, you, they took my belt from me. He's like, you can't have a belt. Somebody might try to hang you. I'm like... I'm like, can't they just boo me or something? Why I gotta hang you, yo? I'm, I'm in prison and my pants are loose. This is weird, man, I don't know. If these- not a good idea, man, so. <laughs> so I'm walking into prison and I'm scared. When you walk in prison, the bars open in front of you, then they close behind you, then there's some more bars, and some, some of y'all viewers, you know what I'm talking about, welcome home. <laughs> anyway, so I'm walking into prison and I'm scared and I need a joke immediately, right? And I, got, I had one joke I thought I was gonna start with, but I was like, I ain't gonna start with this joke. I was gonna be like, you know what? You guys are a captive audience, I just wanna <laughs> say that, you know? Um, uh, I didn't feel a piece of my spirit about starting with that joke. So I'm scared, I'm walking into prison and I got nothing. I don't know what I'm gonna start with. And I walk in and there's no stage. Like there's no glass. We're not doing comedy on the phone. (laughs) These cats are right here expecting funny and I got nothing. I Probably got two steps left before I realize I gotta bring the funny or they'll know my timing isn't right and I got nothing. So I walk in and all of them got on pink jumpsuits, right? So what? I ain't saying nothing about them (laughs) jumpsuits. So I'm scared for real. And, and they gave me a little black box with a pin in it. They said it, cause there was no guards in there. And they said, if anyone tries to attack you, just pull the pin out. And the guards will come in and help you. And I'm like, yo, don't they know about the pin? <laughs> it's probably one dude in their group and his job is to hold the pin. <laughs> so I'm like, it's not a good idea. Yo, so I'm walking in, I got no joke. I got two steps left. I lift this foot up, nothing, nothing, nothing. I settle this foot down, I still got nothing. And these dudes are expecting the funny, they're all in a circle, no guards, it's just me and them. I lift this next foot up, nothing, nothing, nothing. I settle his foot, and for real, sitting right up front, it's a white dude with a white beard named Moses. <laughs> I was like, Moses, this is what I want you to do. When you see the prison warden, I want you to look him in his eye. You look him right in his eye, and I want you to say, let my people go. <laughs> like, for real. Here's what's so cool about that story, and some people need to recognize this as being bigger. I didn't know what I was gonna say or what I was gonna do until I got my feet where I needed to be. Yo, I'm Michael Jr., mad cool. I'm gonna go have a seat. Thanks. <laughs>
2: Oh, right. buddy, I'll tell you what, now, you going to prisons since hey, that hey, first bro. great experience? That's you... a bad take right there, man. <laughs> yeah. Somebody might just take
1: that cut right there. You're
2: going to prison. <laughs> like,
1: what happened to what people
2: editing yeah. TV. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, you're or you're going back and doing other prisons for comedy, <laughs> for
3: Moses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, I will. I'm going back. Well, let me say, yeah, I love going to prisons. Well, this week. Anyway, um, <laughs> I do. Whenever we're doing a, a comedy event somewhere, I always see if there's a homeless shelter or a prison that we can go to and just bring the funny, because I just love, uh, you know, it's, e- it's easy. I say easy to make a crowd laugh of people who are happy, excited. Maybe even in clubs, they're a little, uh, they had a lot of communion. <laughs> um, <laughs> But when you're going to a prison or a homeless shelter where they've lost everything, to make those people laugh is is really something special. Are
2: you able to move when you're talking to them over to the fact that you're there because you care about them and make that transition when you're speaking to people who are in hell capital? Well,
1: yeah, I actually, you know, I, I realize from doing these prisons and these homeless shelters and hearing their stories, everyone, even at if it's at one of my big ticketed events, they have a story, too, in a big way, and they're there because they need to relieve or they need to laugh and I need to... Uh, and I gotta just bring the funny the best I possibly can because they have a story. They may be a step away from homeless, or it's no telling, or they may have just gotten out of prison. or Maybe they're headed to prison. I don't know what their story is, so it gave me a better under, even going to the prisons and the homeless shelters gives me a a bigger uh, understanding about where people might be at, so. And you know, people have never been
2: that, uh, let's say, downtrodden. They usually have an ache in their heart. So many people feel overlooked. Mm -hmm. Uh, They feel like nobody understands where I am and there's no way the great God who created everything could connect with me. And you have that ability to connect with people. You have the ability not only to make them laugh and to take natural things and make them very funny. That's, I believe that's a gift God's given you. Mm-hmm. But I think you also make the transition to know, to help them know God cares about them and notices them. Would you tell us your, your story? How did you come to know Christ? I would love
1: to tell you my story. I just don't know what downtrod means. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just. I'm still kind of stuck on that word right there. I don't know if you know that. Um, do, you know what the, do you know what the phrase, the hookup means? Not, not exactly. Exactly. So now we're now we on the same page. Two different See, how worlds kind of here. Here. See how they're working. Um, hmm. I love, like, my, I've never set out to be, like, I'm not a, I'm not like a pastor. I don't, like, let me just say this. You People, don't have
2: that phlegm in your throat?
1: Yeah, I'm phlegmless. I'm phlegmless. <laughs> but I do know what God has done for me. And I just think back to how many times he's saved me from situations where, where, Like it had to be him. Like there's, like he does, he's done so much. And when I, I naturally have a desire for people to, like somebody said, I'm not gonna say who. I'll just say it was me. It wasn't, it was somebody way smarter than me. But they said, it's kind of like everybody's hungry and I know where some food is. I'm like, yo, I'm gonna show you where this food is. And I don't necessarily want to charge them for it. I just found this food for free too. And I want to tell them as best I can. And I really believe this gift that God has given me is really, like everyone has the Bible. Like everyone has the word of God. I mean, I know there's some countries, but I ain't never been there. So anyway, everybody else has the word of God. And, you're, and I think we should lead with our gift as opposed to trying to lead with the word of God. What I mean by that is people are attracted to your gift. Your gift will make room for you. So if you leave with your, get, lead with your gift, people will be interested enough to find out what there's something about you. And that something, S-O-M-N-T-H-I-N-G, is actually Jesus. I could prove it because every time somebody who doesn't know Jesus kind of hears from Jesus, they say something like, man, something told me I shouldn't do this. That is clearly Jesus trying to give them the right direction, but they can't hear him because he's on the outside as opposed to the end. So I just want to lead with my gift. People see it, they get attracted to it, and then um, hopefully I can uh, catch him with the comedy, keep him with the truth. How did you find Christ or Christ find you? Oh, okay. It works the same way for black people. Like, you just, uh... <laughs> I
3: just,
1: yeah, I don't know if you know that. You just, just believe in your heart and... Yeah, you just believe in your heart and confess your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> so, so I was doing a show. There's a club in New York. It's one of the hardest clubs to get into at the time. Uh, it's called The Comic Strip Live, and I, was, I wanted to perform there. This club is so hard to get into. Comedians start lining up at 6 o'clock in the morning so they can be a part of an open mic at 7 o'clock at night. So I finally get a, a chance to perform there and this comedian named George Wallace is there. George Wallace is hilarious, he's great, but he walks in right before I'm about to go on stage. So normally whoever comes in, whoever's next, gets bumped. If somebody like George Wallace comes in, you get bumped. I'm next. because he's good or what? Are they Because, yeah, because he's like well-known and people, people who know where it's like hookup, they know him. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Maybe I'm sure, the, I'm sure the downtrodden people probably don't, don't know that much but, um <laughs> I'm learning, man. <now>. I'm <laughs> so, learning. I'm ready to learn. So I'm about to get on stage, he comes in, and then the manager's walking over to me, and I already know what he's going to say. He's going to say, yo, i got to bump you. You're going to have to wait till he's done. But instead, he says to me, and this is where God shows up for the first time in my life, well, this is where I noticed him. He says to me, listen, George Wallace is here. Do you wanna go on before him or after him? I was like, let me go on before him. So I go on before him and I got New Yorkers laughing. Now listen, in New York, if you're not funny, the way to let you know is they'll say something like, you're not funny. <laughs> so not only do I got New Yorkers laughing, but George Wallace is laughing too. And then after the show, he walks up to me and he asks me a question. He says, so why don't you curse? Now at this point, I don't know anything about Jesus, but I made a pact with my friend when we were 15 years old that we wouldn't curse anymore. If he heard me curse, he'd hit me in the chest as hard as he wanted to. Vice versa, dude can hit hard. I stop cursing immediately. (laughs) But I can't tell George Wallace this because at this point I'm a grown man and I shouldn't be afraid of my friend hitting me in the chest. (laughs) So I told him, I was like, what if my grandmother walk in or something? And then he said, you know what, that's that's funny, it's honorable, I'd love for you to do a show with me and my best friend in a couple nights. I get to the show, it's me, George Wallace, Jerry Seinfeld. I, I do two shows, I get two standing ovations, I rip. After the show, different club, the manager walks up to me, and he says, Hey, Michael, you wanna go to church with me? I was like, Church? <laughs> I, I just got two standing ovations. Why are you messing this up? I don't want no church. I better back up. Then, like 20 minutes later, his fiance asked me if I wanted to go. And she was fine. I'm talking about beautiful, <laughs> right? She had some kind of accent, too. She was like, Michael Jr., would you like to go to church with us? And I was like, I was just looking for a church.
2: And I was like, hey,
1: why? I was like, why? You find me a church. I go to this church. I go to this church for the wrong reasons. It's a Christian Culture Center, Brooklyn, New York, A.R. Bernard. And this dude is on stage talking about Jesus. That's it, he's just talking. He ain't screaming, he ain't yelling, he don't got no perm. (laughs) And he he did an altar call and I wanted to go down, but I was like, nah, I gotta read the pamphlet first. So I told myself, because I didn't want to be one of them, like I had some friends who were Christian, it was creepy. It's some creepy Christians out
3: here. (laughs) If you don't know, if
1: if you don't know any creepy Christians, it's you. I just want to point that out. Yeah, yeah, you know who you are, you know who you are. So I told myself I'd read the whole Bible, and I had a problem reading when I was a child. I struggled with reading for a long time. And the sign didn't know the Bible was that big. I was like, okay, I'm gonna read it. So I started reading the Bible. I finished reading the Bible in 38 days. Because at this point, I want to go up and give my life to Jesus. But I told myself I'd read the Bible first. Mm. Wow. So I'm reading the Bible, I'm putting in like 14 hours a day. All I'm doing in New York is reading the Bible, um, going to church and getting on stage and doing comedy. And it's all starting to make sense. And now I understand after I finished reading the Bible, I ran up to the altar like during the announcements at church. I was like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know you got a picnic, but listen, is Jesus here right now? Because I'm ready to do this. So now I understand, I used to just think I was funny, but now I get it, like I'm funny for a reason. Yes, Like sir. there's purpose behind this funny, which is amazing. Then I read in the Bible, the you know God used a donkey, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it, man. So it's just it's it's amazing to know how, like all of this time, I can see how He was using me all along when I look back. And even the little stories, little things, celebrities. I get a lot of celebrities ask me questions to ask me to explain God to them. And my response is, I can't explain God because if, if I could, he wouldn't be God. I would be, and we'd be all messed up. So <laughs> I can't explain them completely, but I do give them some nuggets that they can take home, chew on, and a lot of times call me up and be like, How do I get down with this? So it's really kind of cool. Do get down love, with
2: this. Do you is love like, this funny. guy? Do you love what you're oh, hearing? <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I am just hearing someone that has the gifting of God all over you. Mm. Your timing is supernatural. The gift is supernatural. Do, do you do you ever find yourself amazed at how things
1: that people know are so funny? I was just looking in the mirror the other day, like man. <coughs> no, I am, I have a I do have a, an extra understanding about comedy that I cannot explain. Yeah. Like I literally can't explain. In fact, God has given me some insight. We're working on a, on a book right now that's not available. Buy my other stuff on the website. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're working on a book right now. Uh, it's called. Uh, it's called funny how life works. Mm-hmm. And 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 basically the way comedy works is first there's a setup and then there's a punchline. I mean it is, and the setup is when a comedian uses his talents and resources to ensure that his audience is moving in one direction. Mm-hmm. But the punchline occurs when he alters that direction in such a way that they weren't anticipating. When they catch on to the change, they've received the punchline, and the results are revelation, fulfillment, and joy. Yes. Well, life works the same way. We all have a setup. And our job is to discover what our punchline is. Your setup is about what you receive. Your punchline is about what you will deliver. Mm. The greatest setup punchline story ever is about this guy, what was his name? He's in the Bible. Uh, (laughs) Jesus. Um, (laughs) Jesus was the king, and when you're the king, everyone's supposed to serve you. But he was was the king of kings. So that's the direction the entire audience should have been moving, because he's the king. So he said, you guys should serve me. But no, he altered the direction in such a way that no one was anticipating, not even the people around him. He said, Instead of you serving me, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to climb up on this cross, and I'm going to die for you. The greatest setup punchline story ever. He also is the author and knows what our punchline is. He knows what our setup is. In the back, you were telling me how you didn't have a father. That was your setup. Your punchline is you are a father to multitudes right now just through watching you on the screen. That's your punchline.
3: When you're performing sometime in, say, a prison or wherever, where you just are people that you can tell are just hurting, mm-hmm. you know, they're just really going through a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and everything, can you just see sometimes as you're performing their countenance change, It's like they're letting go of all of some of that hurt? Because laughter is good for us. It's, I, it's healing for us.
1: I can see it, and it's a little overwhelming because I'll do, you know, I do Sunday services mm-hmm. all over, and a lot of times people, it's funny because I love doing weekend services because you can always see up front with the Sadducees be sitting up there like this ain't right, this don't make no sense. So I always do a joke that's a little more. Uh, some people might say edgy. It's really not edgy, but I do one so they can confirm what they thought. Like we shouldn't be laughing at church, and then uh, and then later on I will show them a, I'll show them the video of me at a, at a facility with abused children doing comedy, and this one little boy is so afraid. Mm-hmm. His grandmother explained to me, everywhere he goes, he wears a Spider-Man mask. He won't go anywhere. His mom had been pulling out his toenails. So you hear this story, you see this little boy and he's sitting in my audience and he has his mask on and he's so afraid. And then probably 25 minutes into my performance, but we, we, we showed a clip. This little boy pulls his mask off and introduces himself to me. And he says, my name is Ronan. And by the end of the show, me and him are on the floor dancing together. So God is amazing. I mean, he used a donkey. <laughs> so, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you say thank you yeah.
2: to Jesus, but also thank you, Michael Jr.? Oh, I am. Uh... What's the website? I want people to get everything you've got and yeah. help you do everything you wanna do. <laughs> everything i got. put in your
1: heart. You heard what he said. <laughs> yes. So uh, it's michaeljr.com is the website. Michael, michaeljr.com, there J-R. it is on com.
2: the screen. Go there, they can see what you're doing but also what you have that'd be available. Absolutely. And here is Laughing on Purpose. And if you'd like to have this uh, DVD, uh, we will send it to you. What we are asking you to do, and you know this, we're asking you to give a fresh cup of water a cup of water to those who need it, who don't have it like we do. And it is killing them because of the contamination. I want you to look, if you would, with the very heart, I believe, and the focus of Jesus. Watch closely.
3: Where do you even begin to tell tell their story? Her sister was killed tragically by drinking contaminated water in this village.
2: I know she
3: fights every single day with the fear for her own life, for the life of her children, the life of her family, and probably her friends in the same village. The thing is, I, I looked at that water source. And it is the worst water I could ever imagine drinking, let alone give to my children.
2: There's
0: a
3: huge need here. When I sit here and I listen to a story like that, I think, what could I do to help her? Because I feel so connected. To her, of course, my heart feels connected. Sometimes it seems so overwhelming, um, and I know that it takes more than just me to make a difference. And that's why I'm here to ask you to help me, to partner with me in making a difference into this little girl's life, into her life, and every other person that I've seen here today. We know how to do it, we have the vision, we have all the passion in the world to change this community and to bring them water, life-giving water. Let's do something today. Let's change the circumstances. Won't you join me today in making a difference?
2: And yes, I believe we will, Tammy, and I thank Tammy Trent for being such an incredible mission outreach partner with us. I want to ask all of you to simply take action right now. I believe you care. I believe you are grateful for the water and the opportunity you have to have health. And you know, even in our advanced countries, like here in the United States or Canada and many places all over Europe, people even go and drink bottled water because they want to be sure they get the freshest possible water. These precious people have no access to anything but filthy contaminated water, but it is available. And the missionaries bring us not only the information about the need and the inspiration to want to do something, but the confirmation that the water is accessible. Sometimes we have to go very deep. Most of the times we can reach it 150 to 250 feet. And that means that we are able to stay on a fairly economical basis. In many areas, they know the water is subsurface because the the people have drilled a borehole and the borehole reaches water where they can actually reach it by drilling, but it becomes contaminated, it becomes filthy just from not having any protection. What we do is go in the area and give them a steel cased well we give them a manual pump. We can't give them an electrical pump because the electricity is intermittent. This means a child can actually pump it and get water. So it is successful. We have actually been at some of the schools and we try to feed children at schools. We'll try to put water close to it, but we've actually put it in a, in a, a little mar- merry-go-round where the children can push it and then it pumps up into a holding reservoir. Then it gives more water. So we're able to to use the creative energy of the wonderful, caring missionaries and the resources and support of people like you. So would you do this, please, right now? If we can drill a water well for $4,800, that's the average. If you can drill one, we believe you will. So would you go online, lifetoday.org, and make that gift, use a bank card, like a check, or dial the number, use the bank card and say we're giving a well. And we know many people can't do that. We understand that. Most of the money that comes in for wells comes from people who give $48 or $72 or $144. 48 gives 10 people water the rest of their life. That's about what it takes. That's the average. 144 will give 30 people water the rest of their life. If you can give at any level, please go online or dial the number and make the gift God put on your heart. You're actually giving far more than a monetary gift. You're giving these people a chance at life. And we're gonna let them know it was because of the love of God, not only expressed through the missionaries, but through people like you who gave them water. Would you please go online right now? We have some gifts for you that will be a blessing and an inspiration to say thank you for giving life. And from the bottom of our heart, I say thanks.
0: Every day, Millions of children are forced to make a dreadful choice, drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease, or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most exciting and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, we can establish and drill 500 water wells for remote villages in over 12 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10 people. $72 will impact 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh, clean, disease-free water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, you'll receive the Every Day a New Day devotional. Broken out into the four seasons of the year, this daily devotional features scriptures, inspirational thoughts, a Bible reading plan, and a place for you to journal each day. With your gift of $100 or more, you may request the Names of Jesus pen set, one inscribed with the names of Jesus found in Scripture, and the other reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people, or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and request this beautifully framed canvas print of The Forest Chapel by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your secure gift online today.
2: I don't know anybody any more gifted to make you smile, to put joy in your heart, but also to point you to the source of joy. That will remain even in the darkest, most challenging days. If you'd like to have, laughing on purpose, a DVD, that I think will bless you, you help us give a cup of water. We're going to put a smile on your face that you can share with people you care about who may not be smiling very much, but they will when they see this. So you ask for it, and thanks for helping us. Tell Michael Jr. thanks for being here. Michael, I love you, buddy. Thank you so oh, much, you. I want to pray for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. God bless y'all. Thanks for being here.
0: Be sure to visit Stream.org, a rich and lively source for breaking news, analysis, and entertainment. Stream.org.
3: I want to start with that sense of connection that God made me on purpose and for a purpose.
0: Shauna Nequist encourages us to savor this day next week.